Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 229. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, my friend? I have a different voice today. <laughs> it oh, sounds it, the sound of that thing is so baritone. I was, it like it dropped an octave. It seemed I went through extra puberty. I suppose at thirty eight <laughs> years old. Sure. So uh, still fighting something. I don't know what it is, but it's almost gone. I'm just it's just kind of coming out of my nose constantly. So and got a tickle in my throat. But other than that, a okay, buddy. What about you? Okay. Yes. Hopefully you are on the mend over there. Uh, for me, I was just telling you like the weather on Long Island the last few days, awful. So it was like free yesterday was sunny at least, but it was very, it was very cold for at least us here. It was in like the low twenties, which is below freezing and still cold. But I I know it's like negative a million up there. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I want to speak to the Fahrenheit thing. I speak to so many of you Americans that my phone automatically switched weather to Fahrenheit. <laughs> yes, let's So go. like yesterday, it was like high of 27, low of negative one. I was going, the hell? That is not <laughs> January weather. And then sure enough, it was Fahrenheit. What the hell phone? Amazing. But yeah, today was just cold and rainy. And I was like, I don't want to do anything today so i was not productive at all ah, it's one of those crappy days like i was telling you like not only is it just cold ish because it's winter but it's cold and raining you're like i don't expect this i don't want rain in the winter i want snow if it's gonna you know stuff fall from the sky oh this sucks and you're like screw this day hit the reset button right so very frustrating and then on top of that like no no hockey for forever it feels like mitch Right, like I just we just can't we just can't get consistent hockey. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is what it is, and we'll talk about it immediately. We'll jump into the schedule right away. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, well, the Islanders are on a pause, but we have some new info, and the dates changed around. So, do we have that pulled up, Mitch? Yeah. So they changed around four games essentially. Now they moved. 
So I want to I want to bring it up just to to make sure I got all the dates right here. They moved a the one game that we missed against the Philadelphia Flyers earlier in the year in November. I believe it was November thirtieth. We were supposed to play them. Yes. Uh, they moved that over to, let me get this right, I believe it's January 18th. I'm just bringing it up right away just so I don't spew some nonsense out of my brain here. Yes, they moved it to January 18th at 7 p.m. Now, if you have your schedule in front of you, you're going to go like, um, problem. Yes, because they, they're scheduled to play the Columbus Blue Jackets on that day at home. Right. And you're like, well, they're going to be in Philadelphia. They can't be at home and in Philadelphia at the same time. What the hell's going on? Well, they just went, you know what? Don't worry. That game, we're going to reschedule that one. So you're like in the plus minus of games to reschedule. We're at a net net, net nothing. <laughs> nothing changed. They still have nine games to make up now. And then they went and swapped two games against Toronto. So because of the restrictions in Canada, American teams aren't necessarily going up to Canada. So what's happening is the Canadian teams are still coming down to the States. So the Toronto Maple Leafs are headed to UBS Arena on January 22nd instead of going there on April 17th. And the Islanders are going to Toronto on April 17th instead of January 22nd. So there's a little bit of swap there. Right. So it is a little bit confusing. And I just pulled up, I'm on Hockey Reference, and I pulled up their schedule. And scrolling to the bottom and only seeing the number 73 was a little jarring. Uh, So they are going to have to make up some dates. uh, And I'm going to assume they're going to have a busy February. Because as of right now, they only have four games scheduled in February. That is going to change. They are uh, Probably all nine of those games are going to get added in February, I'd imagine. I would have to think so, right? Like, again, nine games. And and that break is February 2nd until February 23rd. And that's no break between the two of those games in that month, right? At Ottawa, sorry, versus Ottawa and at San Jose. Um, So you would imagine there's at least going to be a day break before they travel to Western U.S., right? To to the California road trip at the end of the month. So that means they've got from the the 2nd to the 22nd to, to fit some games in. Um that's not a lot of time, specifically nine games. So you go like every other game, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Like they might have a three day break between that. And that's about it. Yeah. At, at, at best, honestly, just because as you said, it, it, it's nine games and I'm looking at this schedule, the last game. So games 73, the last one on the schedule right now is April 28th as is they can't really push any further than that. Well, so that's the thing. We have seen leagues push things back. The AHL themselves said, we're going to push the season back a little bit. So it's possible that the NHL does that um, because we've seen like the, this, the regular season usually goes a lot later than that. Maybe not a lot later, but a little bit later than that. Right. Like last year, the regular season went until May 10th. Yeah, but last year they started in January. True. Fair enough. Good point. I feel All like right, it's like- usually mid-April. Is it really that early? I thought it would go at least beginning of May. No, it's playoffs by then, usually. Oh, at least first boy, round. What am I thinking? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Right. So April 19th, like, or sorry, April 2019, um, their last regular season day game was April 6th. Yeah. Usually I feel like it's mid-April is when, when the playoffs start. So uh, it's already it's already a little bit further back than the normal as is, and they might have to be pushed back more. Like, that's a tough ask. That is a tough ask. You're right, because then you push that, that the season, not just the regular season back, but then you're pushing the playoffs back. And 
if we start in April and we're still like, guys, it's June and we're still playing hockey, we're going to be July still playing hockey, like which is fine for some of us but most of us like my wife's gonna be like yo TikTok, buddy the summer has already begun get your butt out here yeah it's like we're just working around the clock there's no breaks ever pretty much is what we learned no like she comes to expect that right like okay well your job is 24 7 even during the summer but like yo we still have things that we want to get done during the summer like let's go to the zoo Let's go to the aquarium with the kids. Let's go on a little mini vacation. I can't be like, oh, don't worry, this hockey season is going till mid-July. July. <laughs> that is not going to go well no. for, for me and for a lot of people around here. No, yes, no, fu- no fun there. And, like, let's be honest here. Like, ice quality in July, nobody <laughs> needs that. Come on. <laughs> the ice quality in Florida, you're swimming at that point, buddy. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's bad enough when it's May and early June, but it's just, I, again, it's a big S because even the, the Northeast, like, it gets it gets hot in July. Yeah, but like 40 degrees here in Canada. We're sweating buckets. We're dehydrating on the spot here, sweating so much. 40 degrees Celsius. That's 40 degrees Celsius. That is too hot. But that's what happens here. So, like, maintain the integrity of the ice while that's happening and blaring a bunch of AC in there. Good luck, right? Like, we see that in Florida. Oh, guys, we couldn't keep the ice to decent quality because the doors are opening because people have to come in. Like, what? That's going to be everywhere. Yeah, literally. So, it's... I don't know. The NHL, uh, we've said this seemingly on every single episode for the last like two months. The NHL has some serious issues that they have to work out, but it it seems like I would imagine February is going to turn into a busy month for this team. Which is tough, not just because of February, but when you consider the schedule, the Islanders do not have a three day break outside of that February break, like we're saying, but that that could be seriously in jeopardy now with the nine games they got to make up. But outside, there, there is no three-day break on the schedule, right? They're playing, sorry, there is one three-day break, and that is in April from the 10th to the 13th. That okay. is their biggest break, but they're on an, uh, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-game road trip there. Yeah, that's a lot of way games right there, by the way. <laughs> so, but like, they have a lot of games to play, right? There's 106 games, I believe, between January 13th and the final game of the season. And there are, what, 53 games still to play? That's so, that's not, there's, I think we, I, the math that I did was 1.9 days between each game on average. That's a quick turnaround. Right? In the playoffs last year when they went on their big run, it was 2.1. So the distance between games is less than a playoff run where every game is basically every day, day, every other day. Yeah. Come and it, and then we're we're talking about January through to April, so January, February, March, April, four full months, and then tack on hopefully some playoff hockey. Right. I, I mean, you got to get you got to get to that point. You have a long way to go before you can even get to that conversation. But it, it's it's going to be a grind for, until the end of this season. So uh, Islanders have their work cut out for them. That's for damn sure. One hundred percent. Like this is an old team that they talked about even themselves. Um, this break that we kind of comment on going like, oh, this kind of sucks. They're going, thank God, because we're going to need it for this marathon coming up. Yeah, they need to exactly rest up their legs. So uh, with that, shall we 
transition away from schedule a little bit and get into some of the on ice stuff. Uh, I, I definitely want to bring up something that normally the Islanders struggle with a lot, but recently it's been very, very good, and that is the power play, Mitch. Uh, I, I, I love it, and I'm sure every Islanders fan do, but why why do we think it's been so successful? There's a there's a bunch of theories out there. I like yours. I definitely like yours. Um, I, I want you to say it so I don't steal it from you, but like yours is a really good one. Yeah, I'm calling it the Anders Lee effect um, with him in the lineup versus without him in the lineup. And I mean, the numbers point to it, of obviously, from both last year and this year. They were better with when he was on the ice before the injury last year and before him missing or after him missing time with COVID, obviously. Um, but not only the goal scoring, but just the net front presence. And this is going to sound so weird, but getting in the way, he does it so well. Uh, it's a, it's a skill. There's, there's really not too many guys who do it better than him. And I, I really do believe in my heart of hearts that they missed that aspect because they tried it with Zach Parise, but they're not even remotely close to the same size. So it didn't work the same. No, it doesn't. You want a big body, relatively mobile, but hecka strong. And and sure enough, Zach Perry is a strong guy, not a small guy either, but he's not Lee. He's not got tree trunks for legs. He's not basically an ant on skates. Um, like if anyone reads Lord of the Rings, look at that joke. Uh, and if you don't, I'm sorry. Anyways, um, he's immovable in front of the net. But it's not that he just stands there. It's like, I now hear this my space and he doesn't move. No, he's very strategic about what he's doing and how he's doing it. And then you combine a 60% shooting efficiency since December 1st with three power play goals. And you're going, that's one hell of a skill to be just like, here you go. Yeah, whether it's the deflections or just, again, putting yourself in the right spot, getting in the way, it's... It does make a difference. He's obviously, as the captain, he's a leader on and off the ice. But to me, they, they missed him the most on that on that power play because when he was gone and when they were struggling at the end of November, early December, um, well, they weren't scoring on the power play and they didn't have anyone remotely close who could fill that role. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, and like the hand-eye coordination, we've seen it before with Anders Lee, is irreplaceable, right? I, I keep talking about this one goal he scored. I think it was the most recent one off of Kiefer Bellows. Bellows is throwing it towards the net, obviously looking for a, a redirection or a deflection or anything of the sorts. Anders Lee's like, nah, nah, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to stop it right here. And the goalie's going like, uh, what? he's expecting a deflection or redirection because it's Anders Lee. He stops the puck, waits for the goalie, and then fires it in with a backhand. Just because the goalie is going like, I don't know where it is now. It didn't yeah. hit me. What's going on? And then if it fires in, you're going the misdirection because of his hand-eye coordination. And then you factor in the ability to just stand in front of the net and block the goalie's view and, and box out any defender trying to box him out. Yep. Wild. Absolutely wild stuff. Any team would love to have that. Of course. And then obviously him drawing attention opens up things for other people too. Yeah, because you have to move him. They're already at a numerical disadvantage, so they're at four, we'll assume, because it's five on four most of the time. And they got to get one guy at Anders Lee to move him uh, away from the goalie, potentially. So that's three guys to go around for the other four. <laughs> like, it's just not fair. No, obviously. But it's it's been a massive, massive increase. So that that's the one that jumps out to me that I wanted to get out there. What else do you think is uh, a reason behind this? 
it, it really comes down to their shooters. It, it, it honestly does. Like, they haven't done a whole lot different. They really haven't. Sure enough, they're, they're, they're hella more efficient, right? Like, they are, they were, what, 10.2% leading up to December 1st. 10.2% effect, effective on the power play. They are now 34.6. They went from 32nd in the league in power play efficiency to third. Of course, I'm only looking December 1st to January today. Right. But overall, they are now ranked um, 18th overall. So they're middle of the pack at 18.7%. Look, they're, they're basically at 20, and that's all we want. That's all we care about. We don't need them to be 30%. Uh, they, they will not sustain that. I, no. I, I guarantee you they will not sustain the 34.6%. It's not going to happen. Um, because what they're doing isn't a whole lot different. Shots for before December 1st, they're ranked 29th. After December 1st, ranked 29th. And this is for power plays uh, for all against all teams. Um, scoring chances for, they're ranked 30th. They rank 17th. So that has changed a little bit. And then expected goals for, they are ranked 30th. They are now still ranked 30th. But they're scoring five more goals than they were expected to post-December 1st. Pre-December 1st, they scored one goal fewer than expected. So that's the difference here is that they're scoring more than they're supposed to. So that's going to dry up at a certain point. But that's what we have to factor in is their goal scoring is coming through. Guys like Anders Lee scoring at 60% of his shots and Oliver Walsham scoring at 25% of his shots, both numbers post-December 1st. Um, that is a huge factor for the Islanders. Yeah, without without a doubt. And I'm glad that you pulled that those numbers because it almost feels like and again, you said it, it's not sustainable, but it's almost like they're course correcting for earlier because they were they were below margin and now they're way over and eventually it's going to get to the mean. Yeah, and we have to also look at like who's out there, right? When you look at time on ice leaders per game played pre-December 1st, in order, Salo, Panic, Aho, Barzal, Palmieri, Dobson, Bo, Lee. Okay, yeah, not great. Right, and of course some of those guys didn't play as many as the others. But their ice time per game is higher. Then December first onwards, you have Dobson, Wallstrom, Nelson, Lee, Barzal, Palmieri, Peugeot, Beauvillier. That much, feels right. Yes, I was gonna say much, much better, <laughs> significantly better. Right. So that obviously helps. Getting the regular team out there certainly helps. You get your best players out there. You're probably going to get your best results, and sure as heck, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, without without a doubt, and. Like that was such an issue for this team for so long because they weren't all healthy at the same time. Uh, so they were very much so like, I don't know, dealing with a makeshift group for pretty much a month because of the number of guys who were coming in and out. But now it feels like finally, okay, they're about as close to healthy as they've been and they're not fully back. They're still waiting on Ryan Pollock. But um, point being, this is more like the team that I think everyone was expecting. Yeah, and you've got to consider, like, the Islanders' power play wasn't just bad at converting goals or shots into goals. They weren't even good at all, right? Like, their net power play efficiency was 4.1%. So that takes into consideration how many shorthanded goals they got scored against. So you take one shorthanded goal away for every power play goal scored. Uh, they were 4.1% effective. <laughs> wow. Pre-December 1st. Post-December 1st, they are, where is it, 30.8% net effective on the power play. So they've got one shorthanded goal scored against compared to three 
from October 1st to November 30th. Different. Right, so that that means that they're keeping the play for, they're not having the play come against, and they're definitely not giving up any goals against, and that that is ideal, obviously. And so that that that's a huge change because you can see right there. Sure enough, these shots for and the scoring chances for and expected goals for aren't really changing relative to the rest of the league. They are still having a more impactful presence when they're out there. Their power play is powerful finally. Right, which is all anyone's been yelling about for forever, for as long as I can remember just about. But uh, And as you kind of alluded to early on, like I don't think anyone is asking for this to be a top five power play in the league. Middle of the pack, somewhere between 14 and 18, right in that wheelhouse, live there, and you could be more than fine with how this team plays at five on five. Exactly, right? Like, we don't need them to be third third overall. We'll take it, obviously. No one's going to be like, ah, now break that stat down. But if they could be at 20% effective or somewhere close to that, that would be ideal because they have not been that for years now. And, and that means that when the power plays out there, they're not scoring on one of five chances. That's not good enough. They should be scoring one in every five chances. Of course, right. And, I mean, we, we saw it earlier this year when they weren't. The the stretches, uh, it was it was just bad, and they were giving up goals on the power play. And it's just, I don't know, it was, it was, not, it was not good. And it's finally refreshing to see it look competent because that's all we were ever asking for. Exactly. And, again, there's not any sort of, like, really big number you can go like, ha, that is what they're doing differently. They're saying they're shooting more. But they're not really, at least relative to the rest of the league, I didn't isolate for the number of times that they're out there. I should have done per 60, but I haven't done it yet. Uh, I might do it after this podcast or tomorrow morning when I wake up. But like as it stands now, there isn't seemingly a big systematic change with the power play. It does seem like the personnel, like you pointed to with Andrews Lee, and, and, and they're just getting back to doing things quality. The fact that... Bailey isn't in these eight names that I listed on the post December first time on ice leaders for the power play is kind of a good thing. Oh, as much as I'm a Bailey fan, mm. it is. That's just not his best. That's not his best role. And there's people who are better served on the power play being out there. So it's it is a good thing. He's just not a shot threat. So you can't have a guy out there who's just not going to shoot it. And I've seen him recently. He's been thrown out there every now and again, and, and he shoots it, trying to show, like, look, I can do it. You've had a long time to do that, and you haven't done it yet. It's maybe time to give it to someone else. I'd rather have Bellows out there on the right wing than than, Kiefer, than uh, Josh Bailey. However, Josh is a great passer, so... Uh. Yeah, it's it depends on what you're trying. Bellows, with how he's playing, I think he has to be out there right now. Exactly. So, so speaking of someone else who is playing, we talked about Bellows on one of the more uh, recent pods. I think it was two weeks ago, but uh, we should talk about someone else who is a youngster playing well on this team, and that is Noah Dobson, who, I mean, his game has just been on another level. Ten points in the last ten games. He is just, this is what we were hoping for all along. Yeah, we said at the beginning of the year, right, when we when we saw the defense lineup, right, when you see Nick Letty go out and Zidane Ochara come in effectively, and you're like, all right, cool, love the storyline here. Well, obviously, we know what Zidane Ochara is at this point in his career. 
who's going to lug the puck forward? And they didn't get anyone. So you're like, it's got to be Dobson. And that wasn't Dobson for the first half of the year. No, no. The first two months of the year was brutal. And I think both of us were were critical of him and deservedly so. I don't think he was living up to our expectations. The ice time certainly depicted that. But since around, again, around December, his game has been taken to another level. He was a healthy scratch earlier in the year. Um, maybe that helps, um, but he just looks different. He's more comfortable with the puck. He he is, you know, taking that puck mover role, and he's thriving in it right now. So he's played 26 games this year. So we can do a clean split of 13 pre and 13 post. And it kind of adds up well because really what you see with Noah Dobson is the emergence of Dobson post Ryan Pollock. Right when Ryan Pollock went out, they're like, "Dobby, you gotta go in and you gotta be our number one right D, or or else we're screwed." And uh, Dobson, he went with it, buddy. So first thirteen games, he has four points, twenty five shots on goal, and averages eighteen minutes and forty nine seconds of ice time with one power play point. Not fantastic. And, no. and of course, there's other numbers here, but we won't delve into all of them. It's all I could get before I could record this second thirteen games. 10 points, 31 shots on goal, 22 minutes and 6 seconds of average ice time, 1 power play goal, 3 power play assists. Absolutely meteoric difference between the first 13 and the second 13. Yeah, it's like two different seasons just about. Exactly. And what really changed there is is the ice time, right? You look at that ice time, 22 minutes. He's almost 3 minutes more per game in the second, the back 13 than the first 13. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously a significant bump in what his role and what his expectations were. Um, but now, like, even if you combine it to where he is now, he's at, with all uh, 26 games, 20 minutes and 23 seconds. So we're that's much more like it where we're, and this just sorted wrong on me. God damn it. That was annoying. I was, trying to, I was trying to give you a number, and then it sorted wrong on me. Okay, here we go. So we see it go from, this is what I wanted to get to, 2019-20, 13-17, preposterously low. Last year, 16-24, still low but improving, and then another jump forward to almost 20 and a half. That's what we're talking about right there. That's your top four defenseman. And it's not even top four anymore. It's number one guy. I just sent you a link on, on our, our WhatsApp discussion. And it's uh, Hockey Viz's smooth ice times for 21-22 for just defensemen. So that's minutes played, all situations for all defensemen by game. And you wow. see Noah Dobson's line is blue. Starts off, he's number four, right? It goes Pollock, Pellick, Mayfield, Dobson. Char is right there next to Dobson. And then you see Pollock's line go down. And I'll post this on on my Twitter account uh, so everyone here listening can, can go and find it. Pollock's line goes straight down because, well, he gets injured. And then Dobson goes right up. Yeah. And he is number one now above Pellick, Mayfield, everyone. He's become the number one guy for the New York Islanders in all situations. And he is thriving. Yeah, exactly. And this is what you were hoping when you picked him in the first round. Back in 2018, he wasn't supposed to be there. Oliver Wallstrom also was not supposed to be there. No. The Islanders got very lucky, and it seems like right now, in year three, in 21-22, they have both figured it out. They, they've both figured it out. The Islanders have done a, a decent job 
uh, of doing what they need to do with them. They've been very conservative, almost too conservative, but you know, it's it's paying dividends. So we, we can't be like, why are you been doing? And then they could just go like our, our 2018 first rounder defenseman is turning into a number one right-handed defenseman. Sorry, those don't grow on trees. And our right wing sniper has become a right wing sniper. What else do you want? Yeah, it, it they definitely took a conservative approach. No doubt about it. But it, as you said, it's it's very difficult to throw stones with how it's turned out as they're both what 22 years old yeah <laughs> no it's just gonna turn 22 uh in two days in two days is his birthday there you go so it, it's looking up and there's still time like defensemen don't round into form till maybe 25 uh so we got like three more years of noah dobson before he even peaks this is not even peak dobson right now which is great. I mean, I mean, and then you get Ryan Pollock back, and that just adds an extra element to your defense because, I mean, the, Dobson's done a phenomenal job full, filling in for him. I don't want to, you know, discredit that or take anything away from it, but you add Pollock back to the mix, and that's just, again, it takes your team to another level. It does. Then you don't have to rely so heavily on, I know he plays the, the other hand, but Zidane Char and Andy Green. You don't have to ask them to play 20 minutes. Same thing with Scott Mayfield. You don't need to. We got Pollock and we got Dobson. Scotty, go out there, play like, I don't know, 15 minutes of five-on-five five time and kill penalties like like it's your life depends on it. And he does, and he does a really good job of it. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Right? He, no, exactly. Like, you should see both Pollock and Dobson over 20 minutes and then, what, 17 maybe for Mayfield, somewhere in that range, give or yeah, take. Yeah, maybe 20 depending on the night. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of what we were hoping for this year, and it seems like it's trending in that direction, which, again, positive sign. Absolutely. And Pollock is skating, so I don't think he'll be ready for when they, they hit the ice against the Devils on the 13th, but fingers crossed he might be. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep an eye on that going forward. Anything else on Noah Dobson, or you want to get into down on the farm? Just love me to some prospects turning into top gems for the team. Love, love to see it. Love it. Hopefully there's some more coming up here in this segment. Um, well, it's tough because there's not a whole lot of hockey going on. <laughs> Obviously, we have the holiday period. Um, first off, no juniors, right? So yeah. the juniors tournament was called off. Aturatu back at home in Finland going... Laughing. Obviously, I don't I don't know if he's actually laughing. He's probably sad for all his, his compatriots who don't actually get to play. Um, but, it, you know, he didn't get to play either because of COVID. Now he might get a chance... I still have my doubts that they're going to replay this tournament just because it's it's not going to be easy to replan um, to get it up and going in six months at some random destination. Yeah, I don't know. That's a big that, again. That's a big ask, I think. Yeah. And, and then you've got the summer, right? Like he might want to do some. I don't know if it's community service or military service leading up to going to the Islanders before, you know, maybe not doing it again and having to do it like. Is it Corpusalo or, or Merzlikens? I forget which which goalie it is for the Columbus Blue Jackets who's like, yep, but I, I got to do this military service and I don't know when I'm going to get it done. I might miss some actual NHL time because of it. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a good point. Yeah, he he would have to get those you know obligations out of the way before coming over here. So, yeah. Yeah, you're better off getting it done before you uh, have to come to North America. But you can still do it in, in the summers and stuff. So, like, maybe he staggers it over a couple of years. I know he's not worried about it type of thing, but that, that's still a thing to to uh, to think about. Um, outside of the juniors and Aturatu and, and no other prospect playing for 
the Islanders at the tournament. Um, you may have noticed, you, Matt, and you listening at home, that Rustin Nishikov did not play the most recent game for Adler Mannheim. Um, do not worry, he did not re-injure his foot. Uh, that injury kept him out for like 12-ish weeks during the regular right. season. I spoke to him and said, it's nothing It's nothing major, I'll be in the next game. Uh, no guarantee on that actually being the case. Maybe they do like the Islanders and let him take a, a little bit longer to get back to full health. But he picked up a little injury in, in the previous game. He won't be out long. If, if anything, it's going to be that one game and that's it. Okay, good. Yeah, hopefully, like... Like you said, hopefully it's you know it's not anything major, not lingering. Get right back on the ice and keep it keep it rolling because, I mean he's he's been putting up numbers the last few years, so you want to keep that going. And and specifically now, since he got back from his first injury, he's played four games, put up four points. Perfect. <laughs> and in the the German league, which is a pretty damn good league, for one of the top tier teams in the, in that league. So things are going well for him. Things are going well there. Um, I expect him in the, in the next game. I forget when that is exactly, but I would expect him back. Uh, and the last thing I want to bring up is Samuel Bolduc. Now, I, I did a video about him just today and the fact that he's struggling because he has zero points through now 22 games through the regular season. He had 14 through 24 last year. Yeah, so obviously a big drop off there. What do you think it is? Well, in the video, I basically surmised that I think there's a combination of maybe that injury is still there. And so he picked up an injury at the beginning of the year, right? He missed the Islanders training camp, missed Bridgeport training camp, and missed a couple of Bridgeport games as well. Um, he doesn't seem totally right. Like His skating is usually one of his strongest assets. It was not or has not been of late. But I also think there's a combination of him being relied on more defensively than offensively this year. When you look at the guys he's being paired with and the roles they're being asked to play, when you look at their shot data, because that's all we really have to go on, um, they're getting pucks on net more frequently than Samuel Bolduc is. And, and so that tells me that they are being asked to do more offensively than Bolduc. So that, that makes sense. I've, you know, with the context that we have, that probably is, you know, that makes the most sense. Yeah, and he's not really asked to do power play role either. Like today, he was out there with with Parker Witherspoon on the power play, which is weird to see two defensemen now on the power play. Like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Specifically when it's Parker Witherspoon, you're going, he's not really an offensive minded guy. It's kind of like Boychuk, I guess. He's got a real big shot, but so does Balzik. So it's kind of like putting. Um, oh my God, Boychuk and uh, and Pollock on the same power play at the same time. You got two big shots there, but like they're not really using it. Gotcha. Okay, makes sense. So like it, he's trending in a better direction. He's having more of a positive impact on games, but it's not what it used to be. And then by that I mean just last year. Okay. Well, definitely got to keep an eye on that because well the the anticipation is he's gonna be more than just an AHL guy, right? Yeah, the Islanders like him. They like him a lot. They think he's going to be something. I think it's probably going to take another year. I, I think this is a quote-unquote lost year for him. And, and I don't really believe that it's just been a failure for him. I just mean that I think that he's trending, or not trending, uh, focusing on something else. He and the Islanders are focusing him in on something else. And it's maybe not translating into the production that we want to see. Um, but he's going to work his way to the NHL, I would imagine, next year. Okay. So definitely got to keep an eye on that. Then. 
Yeah. And that that's really it today. Although Colin Adams scored a beauty goal, and I thought Sam Midbudzik got a helper on it. It's nice to see Colin Adams doing something at the AHL level there. Yes, absolutely. We'll sign up for it. We'll take it. Absolutely. So are you ready for the quiz? Let's do it. All right. Like we do every week, we have a mystery New York Islander for you at home and for you, Matt, to guess. You have five clues to guess who this player is. They get progressively easier as we go. Matt, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Oh, and just to be clear, the player has nothing to do with the numbers. So if you did research going to this one, going like, ha, I figured out who played 229 games or had 229 goals for the Islanders. Eh, not happening. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyways, clue number one. I was a first round pick. Matt Barzell. Incorrect, but good guess. <laughs> two. I won two gold medals with Canada at the World Junior Championships. Noah Dobson. Sure, but not correct. Three, I played juniors for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Now, you already guessed one player, so I thought you'd guess him, but, like, I don't know who you're, you're going to think of now. Who else played for this? Who else played for the Seattle Thunderbirds? Damn, I don't know. It's not jumping out to me. All right, let's hear the next clue. Four, my spot on the Isles blue line was taken over by someone. Oh, Thomas Hickey. Correct. Okay. Good there job. Go. Yes. Uh, clue number five is I really hate Tom Wilson. Okay. That's a good one, too. <laughs> That's right. He did play for Seattle. Okay. Yeah, he played for Seattle, won two uh, gold medals for the uh, the Canadians at the World Junior Championships in 08 and 09, and he was a fourth overall pick, if I remember correctly. Yes. In 2006, four? I forget exactly. Seven. That, that. Seven's, I want to say 07. You're probably right. I'm going to I'm going to go with you on that one. I forget a lot. Yes, 2007 fourth overall pick by the Los Angeles Kings. Good job you and me. There we go. Teamwork makes a dream work, baby. Let's do it. Say it all the time. The kids know that one by heart. <laughs> Let's get to the social segment. We'll see what's going around on Isles Twitter. Mitch, what do you got for us to start us? First one here comes from well, it comes from Isles Chick uh, at Isles Chick uh, anyways or Lisa. And it really comes from uh, Noah Dobson's grandparents. I saw this. This is really cool. Read it. So the Islanders tweeted out that he scored his goal, right? Congrats. Uh, he'll never forget that he scores his overtime goal, I believe. Yeah. And so Marina Dobson, which I believe is Noah Dobson's grandmother, says, so proud of you, Noah. Congratulations from Grampy and Nanny. Love it. Words can't describe how we feel seeing you achieve yet another career goal. Keep them coming. First NHL goal. Way to go, Noah Dobson. I believe they meant first OT goal. Um, but maybe this is this post is back from when he scored his first NHL goal. I, I don't I don't know. It doesn't say that here. It just said it was posted two hours ago on Facebook, uh, and and this tweet was done on January fourth. So I imagine it's the OT goal. It very well could be, but that is still so that's extremely wholesome. I love it. Yeah, Grampy and Nanny. What do you call your grandparents? Uh, Nana and Pop was what I called them. Okay, so we got two sets. We got Grandpa and Nana on my wife's side, and from my side, it's Mimi, we're French, and Pappy. So, Pappy. Okay, I like Pappy. Pappy, yeah. What do you got going for Isles Twitter there? All right, my first one is from uh, Hockey Goalie A, which might be your burner account. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? I know, it just sounds like something that you would say. Um, and it says... The Isles are all sick with COVID. Quote, play on. And then next is the Isles are entirely healthy. Quote, here's two weeks off, which is just 
<laughs> the irony there is very fitting. That is hilarious, but it's true, right? Like the Islanders are sick. Yeah, keep on going. And now that we're like, hey guys, we're healthy. No, no, take take a back burner. Canada can't have you over there. Oh, okay. Well, they can, but we don't want to send you there. Yeah, great, perfect, just what they needed. All right, this would have been a perfect time to play the Edmonton Oilers at home. They suck right now. This would have been yeah. great. I uh, would have. Been so does Seattle. Maybe that's four points. Oh, it could have been. Yeah. Uh, my next one comes from Carter Hud at Carter Hud blog. It says Kyle Palmieri's scoring ability after he shaves his beard, and it's Antonio Brown <laughs> running out, oh. giving the peace sign to everyone after he plays the Jets. <laughs> That's a great use of that meme. Phenomenal. It is. I just read his um, story from his lawyer, and like he's saying, his ankle wasn't good enough to play, but he's running out there, peace sign, making a big show of everything. See, it, it's not to make this a football show, but just quickly. No, it, let's if, do it. If he, it, it's like the boy who cried wolf at that point. He doesn't get yeah. the benefit of the doubt because there's been so many other past things and he's just not a good human. I know there's obviously something a little mentally off there and I hope he gets help, but he's also uh, has some awful allegations against him and uh, just not the best guy. No, so like not really glowing, but True from Carter, like the second Kyle Palmieri shaved his beard, it's can't over. score. Second he grows it for the playoffs, can't stop. Damn. We need an addendum to Barry Trotz's rule here just for Kyle Palmieri. Yeah. Um, my last one, it's uh, it's actually just, I don't even remember who tweeted it out. I just saved the picture. But anyway, it's the photo of the back page of Newsday for uh, the Islanders overtime winner. Uh, and it's, it's just the caption was so perfect it says win and go home <laughs> because i mean they, they they won and now they get this big break it to me that was just so fitting so shout out to the people over at newsday that's a great back page yeah my last one here comes from ubs arena and it like did did you mail us bird feed in response to <laughs> outside tavern how many stars will we give ubs arena is this bird enjoying it so if you're not sure what the hell is going on in the last game on the telecast, you can see a bird flying around. And everyone was tweeting about it as well, going like, there is an actual bird here at the UBS arena. I know when I was there, I heard it. Uh, so, like, I'm, I'm surprised it took this long to kind of catch around. But so, essentially, offside, it seems, sent a pack of bird feet to UBS. And they're wondering if the bird is enjoying the food. That's phenomenal. Love it. So, and like the picture they've got, they being offside says like your package was delivered and it was handed directly to a resident. So someone picked it up. That's perfect. <laughs> I, want I love it. I hope May it was this Lou. joke never die. Yes, I hope it was Lou right to his office. <laughs> May you have a side of his fruit and berries. There you go. The, perfect. That the bird is sitting there eating the the, the seeds as well. <laughs> He's got eyes everywhere, right? His yeah. little burras are always tweeting. Love it. Um, so before we go, let's get some plugs in here. So wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and review. It really helps us out a lot. We appreciate the love and support there. Uh, social media, Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. You can find me at Matt O'Leary NY, Mitch is TLO Mitch. Facebook, we're on Facebook there too. Uh, EyesOnIsles.com for articles. Uh, the fan-sided app if you want to get us there. And the patron. 
Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Five bucks a month gets you post-game podcasts. Yes, I know there's no games, but they'll be back eventually, and we'll be doing them just about every single night for the rest of our lives. Uh, and then you get a mailbag show once a week and a Discord channel of a lot of fun Islanders fans, so definitely worthwhile to check out. Absolutely. We've got 17 questions this week's mailbag. I need another drink because I can already feel my voice starting to go. Absolutely. So we'll get Mitch that drink. We're going to head on over and do that mailbag. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll catch you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.